Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. I'm thankful for His grace. I'm thankful for His mercy. I'm thankful that the Lord is long-suffering. But in recent years, I believe we have become guilty of kind of dumbing things down and using God's grace, mercy, and long-suffering as an excuse to not be alert and ready for what God is wanting to do in our lives and in our church and in our nation. I'm thankful for his long-suffering. I'm thankful for his mercy, but I cannot get to the place where I get so complacent and I get so laid back that I miss what God is wanting to do in my life. You see, Scripture continually tells us to be ready. We read, and I've even, I believe I've preached here, the story from the ten virgins that Jesus tells this parable about. The ten virgins, virgins, five were wise, five were foolish, but all were told that they needed to be ready ready for when the bridegroom comes. We read the story at the pool of Bethesda in the New Testament, the book of John chapter 5, I believe it is, and how there were those that would would encamp around that pool, and they would wait for an angel to come by and trouble the waters, and that the first one that could get into the waters would be healed. We go back to the Old Testament, and we find the account of Elijah and Elisha, and that Elijah told Elisha, if you are watching and you see when I am taken up into heaven, then you will receive a double portion of the anointing that is on my life. You see, I believe that we must be aware and alert and not miss what God wants to do in our lives. I've come this morning with a message of a significant season to remind us, Starkful Church of God, that we need to be awake and We need to be alert, and we need to always be ready for when God is wanting to do something in our lives. Somebody say amen. I believe there are times and seasons where God will help do significant things if we will follow him. I'm going to say that one more time. I believe there are times and seasons where God will do significant things if we follow him. Now, there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to be said about being faithful in the ordinary and the mundane. I've never quite put together. I've always wanted to. I don't know when I will, but I've always wanted to put together a message on the ordinary and the mundane. Because let's just be honest, folks. That's what the majority of our lives is, isn't it? It's being faithful in the ordinary. It's being faithful in the mundane. It's being faithful when miracles aren't breaking out. It's being faithful when you just got to go to school or you just got to go to work and you just got to get up and do the same things over and over again. And there is value and certainly value in being faithful in the ordinary and in the mundane. But I do believe that there are times and seasons, and for the sake of this message today, I'll say significant seasons where God wants to do significant things in our lives and in our church. It can happen personally. It can happen as a corporate body. But I believe there are significant seasons that God brings to us if we just want miss it. Look at the person beside you and say, don't miss it. (laughs) Now find somebody else behind you. Tell them, don't miss it while I get a drink of water. This morning, as pastor of this church, 
I declare that we have entered into a significant season. I'm going to say that one more time. How do we know the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue? As a pastor of this church, I declare that we have entered into a significant season. This is a season of growth spiritually. This is a season of growth financially. This is a season of growth numerically. I believe that we have entered into a significant season. Dr. Mark Rutland said in his book, Relaunch, he said, the minute you stop moving forward, you start moving backward. You have to keep pushing. I don't know about you, but I have pushed a car. I've even helped push a tractor before. I've helped do things. How many of you know that there's something about it that if you ever let up and you ever let it stop. It is way harder to get started once it has stopped. And I believe that when God is moving us and we are moving forward and he is working, I want to make sure that I don't stop and I don't quit and I don't stop pursuing and I get comfortable. I want God to have his way and do everything that he wants to do. As our text says, God changes times and seasons, and I don't want to miss this season that we're in right now. I don't think I've, obviously, I know most of you here, and you know the moves of God that have been going on on college campuses around this nation. But not only just on college campuses and not just in this nation, revivals have been going on all around this world. We've been having here in our church, God has been moving in our services God has been blessing in an unusual way for weeks. Now, this is the first time in two weeks on a Sunday morning that I have preached. Last week, I know we had a great guest speaker. The week before, I didn't get the opportunity to preach because God moved in a special way, and I'll always yield to God's glory when that's what he wants to do. But I'm telling you that because I believe it's significant. God is moving here. God is blessing here. God is pouring out his spirit. We are seeing God do great things. We are seeing growth in all different areas. Now listen to me, seasons come and seasons go. And I want to be as the sons of Issachar, who the Bible describes that they had understanding of the times. And I don't want to miss what God is doing in this season. You know, we are entering into the spring season and a lot of people, I love, I love spring. I do enjoy it. You know, sometimes it just depends here in Mississippi. It's crazy. We've got that, that crazy weather where, you know, sometimes we have a spring and it's those nice mild, and sometimes we jump straight from winter into blazing hot summer. But you know the way seasons are. Seasons come and seasons go, and God changes times and seasons. And the thing about seasons is you've got to catch the season while it's here. And I want to be aware and alert of what God is doing, and I don't want to miss what God is doing. I want you to hear me today. And listen, this is not a successful season, but a significant season. Somebody said, this is not a successful season, but a significant season. John Maxwell said this, success is when I add value to myself. Significance is when I add value to others. 
I'm going to say that one more time. Success is when I add value to myself. Significance is when I add value to others. You see, I believe that we are in a significant season. I believe that God is calling us to add value to everyone around us. Startful Church of God. God has called us as a city set on a hill to be a, a value and increase the value and bless every person in this city. And here's the deal. I believe that significance then always leads to success. The problem is we seek success instead of significance. But if we'll seek significance and say, God, let me bless somebody else. God, let me help somebody else. As soon as you start doing that and praying that and helping somebody else, I guarantee you then that God will bless you in the same way. I want to be significant. I don't want to just be successful. I want to help somebody else. See, the Scripture tells us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things, what will be added unto you. Jesus tells us, hey, seek the right things first, and I'll give you everything that you need. How many of you still believe that? He's, he's everything that I need. If I'll just seek Jesus, he's got everything that I need. I don't have to seek the other stuff because if I'll seek him and I'll seek the right things and God will bless me with all the other stuff that I may need or even want sometimes. Ooh, y'all didn't even like that. I'm praise God. Sometimes God gives me stuff that I don't even need. Sometimes I just want it, but he blesses me with it. But I want to quickly revisit one series, and when I say quickly, I mean quickly, revisit a series that I preached, one of the first ones that I preached here at Starkville Church of God on the prayer of Jabez. Because I believe in this story we find significance. In First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10 out of the New King James Version, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Now, I know a lot of you were here, but there's some of you that are new. You wasn't here when I preached this the first time. So if, if you're here and you've heard this before, you've slept since then. You probably don't remember much of it anyway. And if you're new here, this is brand new to you. You want to hear the whole thing? I think it's on podcast somewhere. First of all, Jabez made an improbable request for God's blessing. He said that you would bless me indeed. Now, we take a little quick background on Jabez. Jabez' name means he causes or will cause pain. His mother named him that because his mother bore him in pain. Now, I know, I know, ladies, I've never given birth, but I've been in the room twice. And I know that birth is painful, but it must have been especially painful for Jabez's mom to go ahead and name this boy, he, I bore him in pain. And we know that in the Old Testament, names were more significant then than they are now. You see, he decided, he decided that he was not going to let his past define him. His name meant, I cause pain. His name meant, I cause suffering. But he decided that I'm not going to let my name determine my future. I'm not going to let my past determine my future. He called on God for an improbable request, and he said that you would bless me indeed. I may have caused pain before, but bless me indeed. I may have been a drug head before, but bless me indeed. I may have been an adulterer before, but bless me indeed. I may have been an alcoholic before, but bless me indeed. I'm not going to be defined by my past. Amen. 
And when you study this, his request was, was for God's blessing, and it was more than just the popular give me gospel. It wasn't just God, give me a bigger car, give me a bigger house, give me a, a better 401k. It was actually, when you study it, came to, down to it was a request for the favor of the Lord on his life. You see, Jabez was saying, I want what God wants for me. Jabez said, I want what God wants for my life. I don't want what I want. I don't want what my mama said I should have. I don't want my, what my daddy said I should have. But I want what the Lord wants for my life. Folks, I'm telling you, that's where we've got to get to the place of where we say, I don't want what I want. God, I'm willing to lay down my wants and my desires. I'm willing to say, Lord, I want what you want for my life. I want your favor on my life. Let me encourage you. i got to move on, but I want to encourage you to pray for the favor of the Lord on your life. Pray for the favor of the Lord on your family. Pray for the favor of the Lord on this church. Secondly, i got to keep moving. Jabez wanted to make a mark for the kingdom. He said, enlarge my territory. You see, to enlarge, enlarge, uh, it means that he could make a greater impact. As I preach to you also, one of the very first things that I preach is getting here was about Abraham and how Abraham, and you've heard me say this over and over, was blessed to be a blessing. Jabez said, God, I want to be blessed so that I can be a blessing. Enlarge my territory. Give me more so that I can bless more. The words territory, coast, border, depending on what translation you're reading from, it all carries the same emotional power as homestead or frontier for American pioneers. Now, I know we have a lot here that you aren't from America, and I don't know how much you study the, the history of how the West was won and how these people would just get let loose, and they would take their wagons and their families and, and what little they could take, and they would go out West, and if they would go and get to a place, they could stake their claim and they could have a, a homestead, a place. It speaks of a place of one's own with plenty of room to grow. In other words, Jabez was saying, God, I know that you have, I want you to bless me and I want to enlarge my territory. I want to make room for more that you have for me so that I can bless somebody else. Listen to me. It's all been lining up today. Sometimes we've got to make a move. Sometimes we've got to step out in faith and say, God, I'm going to make move and make room for you to give me what you have for me in my life. At some point, Jabez looked at his present situation and concluded, surely I was born for more than this. Surely, God, you've got more than this for me. Surely you've got more than this mediocre existence that I've been living in large my territory. Everything you've placed under my care, oh, Lord, take it and enlarge it. Can I just tell you, God will do that? Look at the life of David. You read about David when David was young and while Saul was still king. Read about it. Every conquest that he went on, the Bible specific, God blessed David. Da David, when it came to military, there were some other battles that he lost. But when it came to military, David never lost a battle. Every military campaign he went on for Saul, God said specifically he blessed him and prospered him. Look at the life of Joseph. He got, he got thrown into the pit, ended up in Potiphar's house as a slave, and what the Bible said, God blessed Joseph so much that Potiphar put him in charge of everything. The rest of the story, you can go back and read it. He ends up in prison, and what happens? He gets into prison, and what happened? The Bible said that then the warden of the jail saw he began to put Joseph in charge 
charge of some stuff, and God began to bless it. And so then the warden put him in charge of the entire jail. Everybody was under him. Can I just tell you that when we begin to ask the Lord to enlarge our territory, I believe that he will do. God bless everything that's under my care. I dare somebody in this place that you go to your workplace and say, Lord, enlarge my territory. Let my boss begin to see that when he puts me in charge of something, that it's more than just me in charge, that's your favor, that your anointing is on me, and you're going to bless me. Lord, I pray that you would just enlarge my territory. Whatever ministry you're in, that's all right. Give him praise. I'm going to get a drink of water. Maybe you're a nursery worker. I'll put a plug in there. We need them. We're going to need more as we go on. Somebody say amen. Maybe you're a nursery worker and you say, Lord, just continue to send us babies. Maybe you're a teacher on Sunday morning or on Wednesday night and you say, Lord, send us more kids. Send us more kids. Maybe you're helping children, sir. We need help in all of these areas. And you say, Lord, bless it. Maybe you teach adults and you say, Lord, send us more students. It doesn't matter what place you, where you are, what you do, what your job is, what your ministry is. I dare somebody to begin to pray, Lord, enlarge my territory. It requires us to believe. Listen to this. This is important. If you're a note taker, I want you to write this down. It requires us to believe that God wants to work through us and not just in association with us. I'm going to say that one more time. It requires us to believe that God wants to work through us and not just in association with us. Can I tell somebody here in this place today, God wants to work through you. He wants to use you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to bless others through you. Not just in association with you that maybe you did something in something where he wants to flow and work and bless through you. I'm moving. Thirdly, Jabez asked for power and presence. He said that your hand would be with me. You see, once God expands our influence, we quickly realize that we need him more than ever before. Let me just tell y'all very quickly, because everything's quickly this morning, (laughs) very quickly, that God, when he begins to expand and begins to enlarge and give us the more territory, we realize very quickly our our insignificance and how we can't handle it. See, Jabez didn't pray this at first because living in mediocrity, we are usually able to handle things on our own. When we're on cruise control, we have things figured out. That was me. In 2018, when I was still pastoring in Loosedale, I'm just going to be honest. It was a great church. They were great to us. They loved us. It was Everything was great. And let me just tell you something. I, we were on cruise control. I had all the people in place I needed in place. Everybody that was in place loved me and appreciated me. They, everything was smooth. There was no fights. There was, I mean, every place you're going to have some bumps in the road. But let me just tell you, for the most part, we had been that size. We'd grown. God had blessed. We'd been that size, and everything was on cruise control. And listen, you You don't have to ask God for a lot when you've got it all figured out where you are. Brothers and sisters, when I got dropped into Bethalto, Illinois, in a church three or four times the size of that, quickly I realized, God, I done messed up and prayed you'd enlarge my territory, and now I got more on my plate than I ever can handle, and he will help us in that moment. God will use that stuff, and you will realize very quickly that you've got a dependence on him and him alone. And, folks, I'm thankful that every time I've ever faced a challenge, 
challenge. All I've got to do is say, God, I need your hand on me. God, I need your hand with me. And it doesn't matter how big or how small the problem has ever been. God has helped me. And when we seek for more of God, things get stirred up and we face things much bigger than us. And when we ask for more and God gives it to us, it doesn't take us long to figure out we better call on God and ask that his hand would be with us. The hand of God is a biblical form, uh, is a biblical term, excuse me, for God's power and presence in the life of his people. Can I just tell you all something today? I've become more convinced than ever that more than anything else, Yes, we've got a plan. Yes, we've got to have programs. Yes, we've got to have systems. Yes, we've got to be good stewards of everything that we have. But I've become more determined and more than ever before that more than any of that, we've got to have the power and the presence of God in everything that we do. I'm thankful for good music. I'm thankful for people that are faithful in sound and media. I'm thankful for lights. I'm thankful for air conditioning. I'm thankful for programs. I'm thankful for all those things. But none of that will amount to anything if we don't have the power and the presence of God. God in our midst. I'm moving. Fourthly, Jabez desired God's sovereign protection. He said that you would keep me from evil. You see, greater success brings with it greater opportunity for failure. When God blesses you, when God prospers you, Folks that never used to pay any attention to you are going to start paying attention to you. This is kind of funny, and don't. <laughs> I won't ever forget. I go back to when I went to Bethalto, and I remember showing up at some different meetings, and people that never used to look for me suddenly, they're like, "Oh, brother Dennis, how are you?" I was like, "You never used to talk to me before." But now that I'm pastoring this big church that's got a little notoriety in our denomination, suddenly you want to you talk. Listen, when God starts blessing, folks are going to start what Folks that have never paid any attention to you. And listen, folks that never even care, we're all right with you being mediocre. Listen, listen to me. When God begins to bless you and prosper you, folks that you even may have thought were your friends can become jealous. Oh, God, help me here. And greater success brings with it the greater opportunity for failure because there'll be folks gunning for you and people watching you. You become on a bigger platform, on a bigger stage, and people suddenly are watching you. They know what you came from. They know what you had. They know where you are, and they're waiting and they're watching. You see, one one person said, blessedness is the greatest of perils because it tends to dull our keen sense of dependence on God and makes us prone to presumption. I'm going to say that one one more time. Blessedness is the greatest of perils because it tends to dull our keen sense of dependence on God and makes us prone to presumption. When things are going bad, when you don't know where you're going to get your next meal, when you don't know how you're going to pay that bill, when you don't know those things, you are on your knees. You are crying out to God, dear God, help me. Please help me. But then when everything's going good and you got a little money in the bank and everything's going great, suddenly it's easy to sit back and think, oh, I'm doing good. 
And I'm not even talking about just in ministry. I'm talking about I'm talking about in the secular world, in the marketplace. When you when you started on the bottom of the totem pole and you done worked your way up to supervisor and you in charge and, and you drawing a good salary and you're driving a nicer car than you ever have before and you living in a better and bigger house than you ever had before. Ain't nothing wrong with that when you realize God gave it to you, but you better be careful that you don't but start saying, Hey, I did all this for myself. I didn't. We've got to always realize realize that every blessing that we have comes from God and just as quickly as he brought it he can take it away if we're not careful that's why we must ask as Jesus told us in the Lord's prayer lead me not into temptation Jabez said protect me from evil that I might not cause harm we need to always, always be alert and ready for the Lord to use us Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.